Back to throw, Fitzpatrick. Throw it high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How the hell is it going, everybody? It is Friday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, you already know what time it is. It is a victory Friday here on the Drive Time Podcast. We're going to break down all things Dolphins, Jaguars, 31 to 13 including some quotes from coach and players, some stats, interesting tidbits, the five takeaways, individual evaluations, Chan Gailey's bag of tricks, Ryan Fitzpatrick pulling one out for the beards, all of that and more on this Friday, September the 25th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. Let's go ahead and kick this thing off with some audio from coaches and players here on a Friday edition of the Drive Time Podcast. And one of the things we're going to get into heavy on this podcast was the versatility, the mixing of the offensive personnel groupings and some wrinkles on the offensive side to produce the 31 points on this Thursday night football Dolphins win 31-13 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's Coach Flores on the Dolphins coaching staff getting this team ready on a short week. Well, we got off to a good start, something we've been talking about. Um, I think our staff did a good job offensively, defensively in the kicking game on a short week. Uh, getting the guys ready to go. Uh, so, you know, Chan, Josh, Danny, you know, a lot of credit goes to them uh, for, the, for, the, for the work they did this week. Um, but, you know, also the, you know, the credit goes to the players. I mean, they put the work in and, then, you know, they, they, they did a good job with the communication, the fundamentals, the techniques, and uh, they made plays out there tonight. And but it was a total team effort, offense, defense, and special teams. Let's go ahead and hear next from Coach Flores on – that Dolphins pass rush, two takeaways, four sacks, and ten hits on Gardner Minshew. Yeah, it's something obviously we've been working on. You know, anytime you get pressure, every team wants to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, we were able to do that, um, you know, tonight. And um, you know, there's some instances where it could have been better, but uh, definitely improved from previous weeks. But they've got a good old line. They got a good quarterback. They got good skill guys. So that was um, it was a tough test for us. But you know, guys. They came ready to play tonight. They played fast. They played physical. There's a lot of energy on the field. I'm sure you guys could see that. They were they were fired up and uh, you know, they worked for. Or, you know, it was a short week and we put a, uh, a lot of time in as a team. And you know, they did a lot of extra work this week. It was important for them, and, and they saw the fruits of their labor. And scoring 31 points, allowing just 13. We had the great punt from Matt Hawk that pinned the Jaguars deep. That complimentary football, Coach Flores says. Is how you win football games in this league. Uh, I mean, complimentary football is always that's how you win in this league. So you can have get a you know uh, back them up or win the field position battle and win the time of possession battle by getting first downs offensively and turn the ball over defensively. You know, that's how you that's how you win in this league. That was a, that was a good play by Kyle, by uh, by Kyle, but it wasn't just Kyle. I mean, it was it's never just one person on a play. I'm not sure who, who else was. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm sure someone else had a, a really good rush. They might have pulled somebody else off of Kyle, and Kyle popped in there, but it was a good individual play. And we need what we need is on every snap, 11, you know, really good individual uh, plays and 11 guys trying to win their matchup. 
And when we get that consecutively, we get good results. We normally get good results. Sometimes you don't. When you don't, you just move on to the next play. And believe that getting 11 guys on the same page in the right direction, good communication, good fundamentals, good technique. If you, I think the guys believe that if we do that, we'll have good plays. Um, so it's important for each of them to, 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 to try to do that, not only for themselves, but for the guy next to them. Let's go ahead and hear now from quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. And how about that quarterback? 18 of 20, 160 yards, three touchdowns on the day, one rushing, and a bunch of rushing yards to go along with that. I tweeted out after his first drive how efficient he was in that drive. That continued all night long, as the quarterback tells us here with his first question. It was good. I felt like we were efficient today. We had a good game plan. We followed it. Uh, guys made plays. And, you know, it, the second half, running the clock out a little bit and that stuff, um, but I thought I thought our guys up front especially came to play today. Hey, Fitz, uh, you mentioned the game plan there a little bit, and you guys ran some stuff that looked new to the untrained eye, some full house backfield, some pistol, that end around to Jakeem Grant. Just want to get your take on the ability to get that game plan sorted out in such a short week and how the coaching staff did with that. Yeah, it was obviously a very short week, so to have a few new wrinkles, uh, I think it you know speaks to the creativity of our coaching staff and also – just speaks to the guys that we have in there uh, being able to do things like that. And, you know, for us to be able to trust that they're going to be able to get in there and, and figure things out. So, uh, you know, Jakeem made a couple nice plays today. Devonte, we really just spread it around in the first half. And uh, it, it was just, it was nice to see everybody involved in the creativity and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff on a short week with Chan. And how about Fitz go ahead and adding something here to the idea or the question about him having a totally complete game on this Thursday night football victory for the Miami Dolphins. Here's Fitz on the one thing the reporter forgot to mention that made his game completely complete. You know what you, know, you can add to that, which rarely, if you look at a lot of footage of me, you will rarely see me slide. And today I also slid. So you can throw that one in there. Um, that may not happen again all year, so... There were a lot of different things. Uh, that was my third career reception. I was glad I actually got positive yards on that one. But, uh, yeah, I, I think running and, you know, trying to throw a block here or there and getting hit, that stuff helps me get into the game a little bit. And how about what happened between Gardner Minshew and Ryan Fitzpatrick post game when the two were seen laughing and chatting it up after the Dolphins' victory on Thursday night? Yeah, I just, I mean, we said good game to each other. And I just, I told him I, I appreciate the stash. I like the look. Um, you know, I think I think he rocks it. I think he owns it, and that's kind of his trademark deal. Um, it's not necessarily the look for me, but I, I think it's I think it's awesome. Okay, so we have a lot to get to on this podcast from the post game report. Some stats. We'll read some more quotes from the players. But if you guys want to see the entirety of those press conferences, check back on MiamiDolphins.com and the YouTube channel. We are certainly going. To have some of those for you guys available, probably on Friday, I imagine we don't get them out late on this Thursday night. Actually, as I'm talking to you right now, it is Friday morning, so go ahead and check out YouTubeMiamiDolphins.com for the rest of those Dolphins press conferences. As for this game, let's go ahead and break this thing down and talk about it because... Man, what a fun game. Right out of the shoot, Dolphins come down, score three consecutive touchdowns to open this thing up and wind up with a 31-13 win to get back to one and two with a long, or I guess I should say a mini bye week here coming into week four for the Seattle Seahawks. But in this game, the Dolphins march 84, 80, and 75 yards on the first three drives. It was the second time since at least 2000 
as far as we go back to track that stat. The Dolphins scored touchdowns on the first three drives of the game. 2011, that Matt Moore-Reggie Bush game at Buffalo was the other. And my goodness, the stats in this game definitely go in the Dolphins' favor. They had 18 plays to start the game, and 12 of those plays resulted in first downs. You probably heard on the broadcast, they didn't face a third down to the very end of that opening drive. Miami was 7 for 13 on third downs, 1 for 1 on fourth downs, so better than 50% converting on those money downs. Jacksonville was just 3 out of 13 on third and fourth downs. Miami defense putting the clamps on there. Miami only had 294 yards of offense, but you heard Fitzpatrick talk about their efficiency. We heard Brian Flores talk about it in his press conference as well. There were some things he would like to have cleaned up. Want to see a better running game in the second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, and beyond after that strong start on the ground. But still, Miami rushes for 138 yards, passed for 156. Compared to Jacksonville's 318 yards, Miami had 294. But we ran 57 plays to their 63 So just a smidge over five yards per play for the Jaguars offense. A nice uh, dip in that stat from the Dolphins from a week ago. Good job of the defense on that side of the football. Dolphins got two takeaways. They sacked Minshew four times, hit him 10 times, as we talked about earlier in the podcast. So there's your pass rush getting cranked up. Dolphins did not turn the football over, and Fitzpatrick took one sack, but I think that was one of those plays where maybe he wanted to wind some clock there. We probably should have asked him that on that press conference, but he took a sack there towards the end of the game with that three touchdown lead when he probably could have passed the ball or thrown it away, I should say, but he takes the sack. So there's your one sack on the board. So really in earnest, you know, no turnovers, that one sack, a great showing there. Dolphins outpossessed the Jaguars 34-22 to 25-38, and they had fewer penalties. Miami had six penalties for 51 yards. Jacksonville had eight for 63. And you guys heard the stat in the game. Fitzpatrick hit his final nine passes last week against Buffalo and picks up right where he left off here in this game with completing the first 12 passes of the game. That gave him 21 consecutive completions. He threw for 127 yards in that first half and a pair of touchdowns. His first half passer rating was 144.0. That's the fifth highest first half passer rating of his career. Of course, 158.3 is a perfect passer rating. So Fitz has had some big time first halves in his career, man. And coming into this night, Fitz had three of his last four Thursday night football games produce a passer rating of better than 105. We'll go ahead and make it four out of five as he, of course, goes way over the clip there for a passer rating of 105 in this game against Jacksonville. You heard the quote there. He enjoys playing. It's why he still plays, especially when you are having success, driving the football down the field, scoring touchdowns. I feel like the luckiest guy in the world, he says sometimes, getting to play football with my friends. The 37-year-old having a great time there. And Mike Gesicki joked afterwards, he called him 38 on an answer to a question, said he's 38, but he probably plays like he's 23 years old. And then a reporter uh, corrected Mike Gesicki on that particular moment and said, you're making him older than he actually is. He's only 37 years old. And Mike said that, well, he looks like he's 48 years old. So definitely a good rapport, good joking there. He talked about all the chest bumps and the and the high fives and the just going crazy on the sideline together. This team certainly has a lot of fun. They love playing for the guy. I think you saw that on his rushing touchdown when he gave the ball to Ted Karras on the ground after a great pancake block from Ted Karras. The entire Dolphins team mobbed Fitzpatrick on that touchdown run, including Christian Wilkins, number 94, gets in there for the celebration, as he always does. But the Dolphins, last week, we talked about it on the podcast, they really kind of got going in the late part of that second quarter and had some nice sustained drives in the second half of that Buffalo game. And it just picks up right here again, 84, 80, and 75 yards. Again, the first time they scored three touchdowns to open the game since 2011. Very impressive start there for the Dolphins. And this is, of course, Fitzpatrick's third stint 
with offensive coordinator Chan Gailey, who was previously with the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets, and he broke out the bag of tricks in this game tonight, man. We saw the very first play of the game, they open up in pistol formation, which is just something unique, another wrinkle, right? Something the defense has to look at and say, we hadn't seen that before on tape, and if we did, it was something new with a different wrinkle. They go down that later later in that drive, show the full house package with a couple of tight ends and a running back in the backfield behind Fitzpatrick to run the football. They come back to that package later. We saw 12 personnel in the game, plenty as we usually do, 13 personnel with three tight ends on the field, and they had that awesome misdirection play from Jakeem Grant at 29 yards, where he basically didn't even get touched until about 20 yards down the field, and nobody had to hit a seal block on the edge because the Jags defense flew, or flowed rather, to that completely, and Jesse Davis and his presser talked about how we kind of had an idea what they were going to do. They wanted to attack our gaps and kind of get that penetration, and they just used the aggressiveness against them, go misdirection, get the big plays that that way based off the scheme and the design of the play great job tonight by Chan Gailey he'll be in our takeaways here in just one moment and as the passing game was kind of cranking all night long it was the running game that really got things going early on in this contest with a tone being set early running back Miles Gaskin had eight carries for 35 yards on that opening march he talked a little bit post game about what that offensive line does for him in terms of creating gaps and creating lanes saying that it's all about leverage as a running back. You have to be able to read the leverage of the defender on the block. And these guys, he says, makes that job very easy. I asked him about that, about his ability to bend back on those runs because you have three options as a running back. You can bounce where you get it outside to the play side. You can bang where you just stick it up in the middle and try to get the yards that way. Or you can bend it back against the grain, against the formation and go to the backside of the formation. And Gaskin really has the vision and the quick feet and the small, making himself skinny, getting into the gap to make all of that very effective. He talked about how good of a job this offensive line does creating that leverage and making those gaps easier for him to read, which expounds his vision to make it even better than really it already is. And that's me adding that part there at the end. He didn't say that himself talking about his own vision, but the way Miles Gaskin creates yardage is based upon quickness, acceleration, that vision. And we're seeing that on display so far through three games for your Miami Dolphins. I talked about Ted Karras' pancake block in the end zone. That was so much fun to watch. Got that 28-7 third quarter lead on that pancake on the Ryan Fitzpatrick rushing touchdown. And the Dolphins' 91 rushing yards in the first half of this game were the most in a first half since the 2018 win over the New England Patriots, the Miami Miracle there. They had 142 rushing yards in the first half of that game. And to continue that point there from Miles Gaskin, he also made a point to say that they make it easy because they get on their dudes and stay on them. Staying on blocks is very crucial. Speaking of guys that he talked about saying he did his job all the time in this game, Miles Gaskin said Jesse Davis had himself a hell of a game. And Jesse had this to say after the game. We had a good plan. We knew what they were going to be lining up in. And Miles Gaskin did a great job with running hard, finding lanes, dropping his shoulder. And Fitz got a couple in there as well. End quote. And Miami earned the lead just seven minutes into the game. And they never relented from there. Miami's week two lead lasted only one series last week against Buffalo. But playing with a wire-to-wire lead, that really allowed the Dolphins defense to tee off late in this game. We saw the four sacks the 10 quarterback hits, the two takeaways. Gardner Minshew threw for just 83 yards in the first half of the game, averaging just 5.9 yards per pass in that first half. And they were threatening there towards the end of the first half, trying to get into Dolphins territory or into the red zone. They were already at the plus 35-ish yard line and it was 21 to seven. So even a field goal there, getting the ball back in the second half. I mean, technically the Jaguars could have made it 
a 21 to 17, maybe even 21, 21 game. But the play of the, of that drive that I was so impressed with and his performance throughout the course of the night was Noah Igbenogany because they run a toss sweep out to the side of the formation that he's on he or that he's not on. And he comes over the formation and makes the running back bubble back inside, cut back inside. And that's where Jerome Baker meets him there for a loss. Then of course it forces a fourth down. And then we get the Kamu Grugier Hill sack to get a turnover and just completely thwart any possible momentum there at the end of the half that Jacksonville was hoping to create. So very good job. Just Fitzpatrick talked about it last week, finding those moments, those big plays and responding in those moments and making the plays in those moments. He said we didn't get it done last week, but Miami came up big time and time again in this game, in those big moments. And for Noah Igbenogany to bounce back and have a game that he had on this Thursday night, that was just awesome to see the mental toughness, the mental fortitude. These guys are wired just differently. And Igbenogany certainly fits the bill that way. So great work there from Kamu Gruja Hill on the sack. I thought Zach Sealer got a nice pick right there as he kind of closed down the A-gap on that blitz from Gruja Hill. They both kind of condensed their rush together and the center and guard kind of came over with Sealer and then Gruja Hill got skinny and just exploded using that speed to get in for the turnover on downs. And Minshew did pile up some yards and some stats in the second half, but overall finishes 30-42 with 272 yards. That's just 6.5 yards per pass. No touchdowns. He had three touchdowns in each of the first two games. An interception and a fumble lost on the Kyle Van Noy trifecta, the sack, strip, and scoop. Van Noy provided pressure on Jacksonville's quarterback relentlessly, going both off the edge and on the inside. That's going to be in the takeaways as well. You heard Flores talk about the pass rush they got in this game. The Dolphins also got touchdowns in this game from Preston Williams and Mike Gesicki. All four of uh, Fitzpatrick's touchdown passes this year have gone to either of those two or Devontae Parker, with those guys going six foot three, six foot five, and six foot six. And according to NFL Next Gen stats, Fitzpatrick owns two of the six tightest window touchdown throws this season, threading the needle when he has to get that job done. Uh, Preston Williams snared the first one of the night. That third and goal from the three-yard line gets the inside release there from the cornerback on a condensed split. Not putting him out wide, you bring him in close to the formation, get him closer to the quarterback, make that throw easier, make that read easier. And uh, Williams just breaks that thing off on the inside. But there's still tight coverage there, and Fitzpatrick just puts it on the bullseye with a defensive back draped all over his back. Big time play there, big time touchdown from Fitzpatrick to Williams to get the party started. Then after Jordan Howard's touchdown, Gasicki makes that leaping catch in the corner uh, up on the goal line, but not quite to the pylon. Really nice route combination there. I love the way Troy Aikman broke that play down, talking about how the cornerback kind of falls off to the post for Preston Williams, and that allows Gasicki to grab that corner. And Fitzpatrick sees that leverage. He sees that cornerback falling off. It only takes a second in this league for it to happen. And if your quarterback can see it and rip those, man, you become tough to defend. And Fitzpatrick just saw it all tonight. We're going to talk more about him also in the takeaways. And let's go ahead and start there with the first of the five takeaways from this game from yours truly. We're not going to hear from John Congemi on this podcast. Of course, the late night game, we just couldn't make the phone call happen, but he will be back on next Sunday's recap podcast after the Seattle Seahawks game. But the first takeaway here is Chan Gailey's bag of tricks. I asked Ryan Fitzpatrick in the presser about it. You heard him talk about it. The coaching staff's ability to put in a game plan that had wrinkles and different looks off of it in a short week. It just really speaks to their creativity, but he also talked about the creativity of the players to be able to get that job executed 
with all the different looks and different packages they called out there. First play of the game, they go in pistol. We saw 13 personnel down around the goal line over and over again. That full house package with an extra offensive lineman. I mean, who do you? how do you know where the blocking assignments are when you have three guys in the backfield and extra offensive linemen? Just ultimate confusion. The fourth and one call after Fitzpatrick's heroic scramble, which was freaking awesome, by the way. But the fourth and one call right after that, I loved that call. I wrote that I effing love that call in my notes because I do. I just fourth and one around midfield. The defense always tends to kind of blitz those gaps. And you actually saw Jacksonville put a pair of one techniques, a defensive tackle on either side of the center, which means you can't sneak the ball because there's just no push you're going to get right there against those guys. And running the ball in that situation makes it difficult as well. So what do you do? You get the quarterback on the move. You give him options, a quarterback that can run, that can scramble, that can pick up first downs with his legs. He has the option to do that and to throw, and he has the decision-making to go ahead and make the smart decisions in the passing game or to tuck the football. That makes it extremely hard to defend for the defense. Hell of a call there from Chan Gailey. And play calls don't get it done if you don't have a player executing the play call. And that's takeaway number two here. Ryan Fitzpatrick just straight dealing, starting the game off with the 12 straight completions, throwing from accuracy, both in structure, in the pocket, when protected, which by the way, he was protected all night long. Again, really for pretty much the third straight game in a row. Very good pass protection from this Dolphins offensive line. But also when there was pressure, the, the third and sixth conversion on the first or second touchdown drive I forget but he has to kind of fade back because he gets pressure in his face and when that happens you have to drop the arm ankle and kind of throw the football around the pass rusher in your face and you see that sometimes on like screen plays like Gardner Minshew did it on a screen play when Kyle Van Noy came free and came you know right in his face and he just drops the arm around the side of Van Noy who throws his arms up naturally to try to bat the pass down in his face and Minshew's able to work that ball around Van, uh, around Van Noy's frame but Fitzpatrick did that on a slant or an in-breaking route to Devontae Parker, which is, you know, five, six, seven yards downfield on top of the seven or eight yards that he's drifting back in the back of the pocket. So really impressive job by Fitzpatrick, just making it work no matter what the situation was, no matter what the platform was, throwing the football, making it happen with his legs. I just loved his work in this game, throwing the ball into those tight windows, into those tight targets in the red zone, in the end zone, knowing where his big touchdown makers are. We talked about Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Mike Gesicki, catching all four of his touchdown passes so far this season. You have to love the performance of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And how about that post-game fit, that post-game drip that dude was showing? Uncle Rico came to play. That's one for the beards, baby. Takeaway number three was Miles Gaskin and the push up front. And I kind of want to make this point about the Dolphins' investment in the offensive line this offseason and the credit you give the personnel staff and the coaching staff for going out and finding a, a nucleus of guys. And Coach Flores talked about it in the postgame presser, how those guys are doing a good job of understanding it's not about any one individual. It's about the entire unit coming together and solidifying as one collective group. And I think we're starting to see that more and more as these games go along. The pass protection has been good. The running game's getting cranking more and more here. They're creating space for Miles Gaskin, who, by the way, seventh round draft choice right now looks like a bona fide two-way player that can give you all kinds of production, both in the rushing game and the passing game. You heard him talk about the leverage he creates, the small angle, the small strike zone, the quick acceleration he shows in those little small pockets, and then the balance, the contact balance to break tackles. 
I've been bringing up his yards after contact average on every single podcast so far here on Drive Time and the Recap Podcast. He did it again in this game. I cannot wait to see what the number is from Pro Football Focus on Monday or whenever that po- whenever that stat comes out. But back to the offensive line, the addition of Eric Flowers and Solomon Kinley, two big big, nimble guards, guys that have a mentality and a mindset. You see Brandon Thorne out there. He's at Brandon Thorne NFL on Twitter. He'll tweet out some images of offensive line play over and over again. That's what he does. He grades offensive line play. And he went back over the Buffalo game and showed these two guys punishing jumpers. If you want to try to jump up at the line of scrimmage and bat the football down, he's going to put you on your back. He's going to hit you and make you feel that. They're getting these hook blocks where they get wrapped around and they seal off the edge and do the old hip toss where you throw the guy out the club, put him on the ground. Solomon Kinley putting guys in the ground. Eric Flowers putting guys in the ground. We talked about Ted Karras getting a pancake block. I watched Austin Jackson wipe out that edge all night long. We talked about Jesse Davis with Miles Gaskin. He has himself a big night. He goes up against Jacksonville's best pass rusher, one of the keys to the game in the preview piece up on MiamiDolphins.com and here on the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. We talked about Josh Allen being a possible game wrecker. I don't think I heard his name until that cleanup sack he got on Fitzpatrick, where Fitzpatrick basically slid into the sack. So great job by all five of the offensive linemen. Great job by the Dolphins personnel staff and coaching staff so far through three games, getting this offensive line play much better than it was a year ago and just playing really good football right now and getting good offensive production in the running game, the passing game, and for Ryan Fitzpatrick, big time there. So Miles Gaskin, the offensive line, playing good football. Takeaway number three there. Takeaway number four is a comment that Troy Aikman made about the adjustments, and this is kind of a general takeaway I'm going to have, the adjustments of the coaching staff and the defense in particular. He showed you the Dolphins cornerbacks playing more soft off coverage forcing the Jaguars to make more longer sustained drives because they maybe got beat for too many big plays the previous game, make them go down the field and make them not make mistakes, make them pass block every single rep and not allow you to get quarterback pressure and then create chaos from there because we saw as this game went along, the more reps the Jaguars offense took, the more it kind of fell apart for them as the Dolphins defense ramped this thing up, got it geared up, got pressure, played with high energy and just completely put the clamps on that Jacksonville offense. So to be able to adjust your game plan there and get let that pass rush have more time because playing off coverage, there's less likely that you're going to get beat immediately off the line of scrimmage and having the safeties kind of alternate between two high and one high in the middle of the field and just all kinds of different looks. I saw McCain playing half field. I saw Brandon Jones all over the field. Tons of good work on the defensive side. The willingness to adapt your game plan after you, it didn't work for you last time. You come back in this game and you adjust things and you make it happen. Troy Aikman talks about it on the defensive side of the football. And again, go back to the offensive side of the Gailey bag of tricks, just adapting and, and finding new wrinkles and new ways, as Ryan Fitzpatrick said, to attack the defense, to attack the offense. Just a comprehensive Dolphins win in this game, and the ability to adjust is takeaway number four. So we have the offensive line of Miles Gaskin, Chan Gilly's bag of tricks, Ryan Fitzpatrick absolutely dealing, and the Dolphins' ability to adjust as the four takeaways. The fifth is the defensive bounce back, and this is more about the players and the coaching staff here in this one. Four days after a, you know, not a, not their best showing against the Buffalo Bills, and the Dolphins come out here and just completely put the clamps on Gardner Minshew and a Jacksonville offense that was producing high volume, high numbers, high touchdowns, everything you want from an offense. They were doing it, 
And then they ran into a buzzsaw in the Dolphins' defense on this Thursday night. Kyle Van Noy, I want to really focus on this here, on this particular portion. I'm so glad he got that sack, that strip, and that recovery because I think that you have to have the stats sometimes for the fan base to truly appreciate what a player does. We know Brian Flores doesn't believe in that whatsoever. Thinks a player can have 0 0 0 across the stats board and still have an effective game. I showed you a clip on film last week where Christian Wilkins really does a good job of standing the offensive lineman up, discarding him and creating a play for a guy behind him. That's the type of play you talk about. And I think Van Noy does a lot of that playing assignment sound football. He's always in the right gap in his run defense. He's just a solid, solid sound player. That's who he's been his entire career. That's who he's going to be here for the Miami Dolphins. But now he's getting that pass rush going. And some of the different looks he allows you to give. We heard Troy Aikman again talking about the games the Dolphins are running up front. Some stunts, some twists, some slants. He has that length, that angle ability to get around the edge and bend that thing back inside. To rush over the inside. Again, solid in the run fits. He is relentless in his pursuit. Always does a good job of getting depth and finding landmarks on his his uh, drops and coverage as he kind of searches for, for players and not just grass out there. The near interception he had last week. So Kyle Van Noy kind of stepping up and seizing this defense as his own in, in a way that kind of the linchpin of the middle of that defense as a guy that can do so much and be so versatile in a defense that wants to be versatile. I thought that was just an excellent, excellent bounce back for him, for a guy like Noah Igbenogany. Bobby McCain had a really good game, I thought, in this one. The pass rush work of Emmanuel Ogba and Shaq Lawson. We saw the length there of Ogba, the ability to collapse the pocket. He had a really nice pass rush on a Noah Igbenogany tackle short of the sticks on third down where he just reset the right tackle back and back and back right into Minshew's lap. And that allowed Igbenogany to close down and make a tackle on a pass that went short of the sticks because Minshew had to get rid of it quickly. We saw Shaq Lawson impact the game with his pass rush getting after the quarterback. We saw Andrew Van Ginkle get in there for his sack as well. So plenty of guys making big improvements on that defensive side of the football, bouncing back and Kyle Van Noy really kind of making the defense his own on this week three Jacksonville victory, 31 to 13. So that's your fifth takeaway. Let's go ahead and breeze through some of the individual spots here that I wrote down just to kind of close this podcast out. We talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick, the reads, the accuracy, the different arm angles, the playing kind of outside and inside of the structure, both with his legs and with his arm. Just really, really nice work from the Dolphins quarterback tonight. Miles Gaskin, we talked about him a whole lot. One guy that didn't come up was Devontae Parker. The receptions he has sometimes where he has to really extend his arms and catch it away from his body. Really strong, solid hands. You heard Troy Aikman on the broadcast talk about his ability to kind of fight through that hamstring injury, get himself out there. And he made plays tonight despite the injury on a short week coming off of four days rest of a previous game being played with a tight hamstring. Big time kudos to Devontae Parker for toughing it out and making plays and being there for his offense and contributing on the offensive side of the football. Jakeem Grant's awareness after that catch he made where he runs a a wheel stick, I guess we'll call it, a wheel route, and you come right back to the quarterback, and he makes a diving catch away from his body, and then the awareness to get up because the cornerback did not touch him and gain an extra 10, 15 yards. Awesome work, Jakeem. I love seeing that stuff, man. Keep doing that, and you'll keep getting footballs. I had in my notes here that Durham Smythe made two great blocks on split zone. All split zone is the tight end comes across the formation on zone and blocks the backside uh, forced defender off the outside. Two great blocks there from Durham Smythe on that. Mike Gesicki's touchdown catch, obviously, on the offensive line. We talked about those guys in spades. We don't have to get much further into those. I thought Zach Sealer had a nice game again, getting pressure on the quarterback. Had a nice closed down backside run stop on the defensive line. I wrote a note here that Christian Wilkins made a really nice play coming off a block and swallowing up a running play after just a three-yard gain. 
We talked about the linebackers a little bit there with Kyle Van Noy, Andrew Van Ginkle, some of those guys' games. In the defensive secondary, Noah Igbenogany had the bounce back game. Brandon Jones, there was a play early in this game where LaVisca Chenault catches a pass just short of the sticks, but you watch Brandon Jones on that play. He kind of sees it develop and comes over the middle and has to fight his way over a pick, and he damn near gets in there for a pick. An interception, I should say. Over, fights over a screen and dang near gets in there for an interception. And if he does, he's off to the races the other way. It reminded me of what Rashad Jones used to do, cutting off those short passes in the hook zone and taking him back the other way. I think this kid's coming along nicely. Eric Rowe had a very, very nice key and flow on an outside toss play. Man, they wanted to get James Robinson going, and why not? That kid is a baller, dude. But Eric Rowe coming over on another outside play. He just keyed it, flowed over there, made a hell of a tackle off the edge. Eric Rowe, another good game. I thought that's two back-to-back good games for Eric Rowe. And finally, with the specialist, Jason Sanders still has not missed a kick. And Matt Hawk, my goodness, Hawk season, baby, putting those things down inside the five-yard line. That punt was a thing of beauty. Stay hot, Matt Hawk. All right, that's going to do it. We're going to go into the weekend here and take the weekend off. You guys should too, because let's go ahead and enjoy this win, this mini bye week. I'm actually back home right now with my girls. And to be totally honest, Thursday, Thursday was King Felix Hernandez. It was a perfect day, man. Like absolutely perfect. I, I cry a lot, man, when I get excited, when I get joy. And I had tears of joy throughout the day on Thursday. And I got to spend the whole day with my daughter, celebrate the win with her, read her a good night story tonight, put her to bed, seeing my amazing wife and just being there to help her and make her life easier with our little Care Bear. Both my cats, Kona and Wilson, were glued to me all day on the couch watching the game. We need love in this world, man. And I felt all the love today. It was phenomenal. And I love these dolphins, man. So what a night. And with that, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, on Spotify. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible Podcast. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, for a victory Friday, fins up.